my perspective on PTSD, I feel like it it varies and it's very different for African Americans in America versus the normal, typical diagnosis of what PTSD is. First of all, I don't really like labels or diagnoses because people kind of internalize them a little bit too hard and make and, and become stuck on them, meaning like there's no way to heal it or get past it or conquer it sometimes. And so that's why I don't, I'm light with labeling, but some, but you just have to use labeling sometimes just so people can understand what you're talking about. So for the sake of viewers, I will be using diagnoses or um, conditions and syndromes, but just know that you can heal through anything. That's how I feel, my perspective, basically. Um, but yeah, PTSD is the, I don't want to say complex, but it's like, you know, for most people, chaos is something new. But for people like me, you kind of grow up and adapt and normalize a certain level of chaos and you don't even recognize it as chaos. You don't even realize you have PTSD because you've kind of desensitized yourself to things that have not been brought to your attention that could be, you know, dysfunctional or toxic or whatever. But what I don't like about the whole healing trend right now is that Black culture and black families are being um, highlighted as the people who live in chaos the most. When everybody's life is has some level of chaos to me. But, you know, as you start to awaken and heal things that you, you will become defensive a lot. You will take things personal. Especially me because I'm all about the spirit of the black person. And if you're doing too much that I feel like is um, defeating the black spirit, then I am going to have some things to say. But um, as you awaken to a lot of the things that you thought were maybe, you know, oh, that's just normal. That's just how we did it. That's just how I always was. But you start to realize, but hey, that that really was a little on the dysfunctional side. That really was something that hurt my feelings or that made me feel some type of way. And oh, and that's kind of probably why I avoid this uh, or I run for that or I fear this or whatever. You'll start to see the chaos that you may have endured as a child or as a teen or as an adult or whatever in these experiences. Uh, as they seen from a perspective, you know... But you have to look for perspectives that are not really judgmental and that have a level of compassion. What is criminology? Um, to me, criminology is left up to society. But I don't feel like so, it's it's a character, personality trait, more so of a behavioral um choice because I was kind of watching this um I followed this uh, mom she's a psychologist black I really love her because she has a very well-rounded perspective and she has a lot of empathy for I feel like people of color and minorities and stuff like that and you know she she kind of like dropped the gym which is something like I kind of um I totally agree with in my um 
perspective, she was basically saying they're not necessarily good or bad people. It's good or bad choices. And that goes for children, too, because that's what she is. She's a, um, a child psychologist. But I totally agree because I don't feel like criminology is something that you innately are. I feel like, yes, your environment and your circumstances can kind of push you towards that lifestyle. But I do feel like criminology is a, is a um an adaptation of survival and poverty and suffering and desperation and that is not and that people who truly have compassion and empathy and deep understanding know that most people especially of color who live in poverty stricken environments or or what people may um define as chaotic environments they're not innately ill will people they're doing what they have to do to, a lot of times to provide for their families and for themselves and they have that wasn't always their first option people automatically assume that oh you just chose that that way and and no other way a lot of times people have chosen the good way first and they've had and they've had many doors closed in their face so as a result they're kind of like okay the world's basically pushing me to be this criminal to pushing me to take what i have asked for and um i kind of quoted Tupac's he has a video where he kind of talks about how you know a person who's starving you know the the first they start off ask you please we're hungry please let us in or you know uh, give us some food you know can we have some food and the, I'm not quoting it word for word or you know I don't really know word for word but you can look it up and try to find it and so you know he's knocking on the door asking you know we're we are hungry please let us in we are hungry please let us in it starts off singing and then, you know, it's like, okay, we're hungry, King. Please let us in. Then it's like, banging. Now I'm banging on the door. I'm busting this down, like, low-key. Like, basically, like, okay, I've asked you several times to please help me. And you choose not to help me. So now I'm going to be forceful with it. And that's the idea of criminology to me and for a person, for people, for a people who are suffering. You know what I'm saying? And we get all these labels and these uh, laws that are put onto crimes that we would most likely co- commit. And I feel like um, criminology is shifted to, to how can I say, target certain groups of people. Because if you think about, like, just, for example, um, stripping. Stripping is technically legal. But what if all of a sudden they just made it illegal? And they really won't because sex sells. But because we live in a patriarchal society, and that is... A, a feasible profession because their manners in somewhat control of you know what are they getting like there's a leisurely thing to it um there's a pleasure to it for them that you know there's a sense of control over a woman's body even though you know she can do it that she wants to empower herself and, and and provide for her family but as you see if that became illegal do you think women would actually stop doing that no they would not because a lot of them are doing it yes they've grown to like it and you cannot judge a person who has grown to like something that may seem um unorthodox to you because this is something she has to do so why would she want to keep herself in a state of of misery if she knows she has to do it of course she's going to end up enjoying it and and anyway stripping is it's all about the label and the connotation you add to it what is wrong with the sensual dance sensual dance is is very healing and very empowering and very beautiful it's an art form and just because we've labeled it as something vile, dirty, or disgusting, that is how you perceive it. But you have to, everything is perspective. But my point is, is just that, so now you've, if you've made it illegal, 
now that's going to create a level of criminality. Was she a criminal before? No, she wasn't when it was legal. So it's all about, you know, who decides what criminality is and who's judging it and who's labeling it and, and doing all these things. And, and nobody ever looks at the why or the root or what, why is this person choosing this choice? If people could make money and provide for their families and not suffer, they would criminology wouldn't be at such a high rate you know what i'm saying it's like people don't just choose to want to be criminals and then it's like for the people who who choose their route um who are children yes it may be because they were led to but sometimes it's just because they have been conditioned to to glamorize uh crime and the bad guy like i was telling my husband the other day i say people wouldn't really like the bad guy the bad girl if we weren't conditioned um, with how they sexualize them. You know what I'm saying? Like when you watch a movie and you see the bad guy, you know, he's all sleek and handsome and you see the bad girl, she's all sexy in her leather. And, and even if she's evil, she could be a freaking demon and she's just, but she's so sexy and all this stuff. And I'm like, you don't realize the feelings you feel when you see this person, they're being programmed with you in some way, even if you don't recognize it unconsciously, that is alluring you, that rebellious person that, that becomes sexy. And usually that rebellious person is not that actor or that actress. Usually that rebellious person actually does have some personality traits or behavioral traits that you really wouldn't want in a relationship. So, but yeah, I'm sorry guys. I have a three-year-old and he's in his clingy stage. Boy, I tell you, can't get a second alone. <laughs> but yeah, like I was saying, so this person you that you have been kind of like unconsciously conditioned or programmed to to find alluring and attractive and, and, and enticing is not just that fantasy that you see. There there's depth to that. There's actually a personality behind that. And that personality may not match, you know, just the sexual fantasy you have. Now that facade starts to diminish, now that persona starts to diminish as reality really kicks in, you know what I'm saying? And so these are things that you have to like kind of understand when, when you, I have a few videos on media manipulation, but whether it's intentional or not, you just kind of have to understand the things that you consume and how they impact you mentally and how they impact your, um, your unconscious behavior or, uh, likes and dislikes and desires and and what you are attracting into your life so these are the things that you have to be mindful of and just some wisdom to drop on you and and how the mind works and all this other kind of stuff but yeah um also the quote that the uh, her name is the mom psychologist so you know if you're um into you know conscious parenting and doing things um a little bit different in your uh, break you know like you know, parenting style or patterns follow her on instagram um i believe it's the mom dot psychologist but she's african-american woman i believe or you know black maybe mixed i'm not sure um she has curly hair and light skin she has two daughters so uh look her up um uh, her logo is kind of i think pinkish i believe but um she had posted a quote that said hold on i gotta find it the child who is not embraced by the village will burn it down just to feel its warmth. I believe I quoted that word for word, but I believe it's African Proverbs. Um, Yeah, it's African Proverbs, and her name is actually the mom psychologist. There's no period or anything in it. But, um, yeah, so that that's kind of she was just asking what is the perspective, and then I just kind of shared my perspective on it, and I kind of just broke it down to you guys. But um, basically, uh, I wanted to see if I could actually find what I put. 
because uh, so that way I can give you word for word but of course I can't find it because I'm recording and that's how it works oh here it goes it says I put it to natural survival instinct criminology is an adaptation to suffering those who understand and have true compassion empathy and understanding know that people who suffer don't innately have ill will or bad tendencies but if I've asked 30 times politely for food, then now I'm going to beat the door down out of starvation. Tupac explained this concept so poetically. But yeah, this child's natural needs weren't met, so survival mode resorted them to do what instinctively would have would give them, in a sense, what they needed or desired. And that's basically my interpretation. And she basically, you know, she acknowledged this, and then she kind of reminded me exactly what he said. He's like, yes, we 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 are hungry please let us in and that was his little um quote that he was saying about that and so uh it's it's all about conscious parenting this this episode kind of touches on a lot of things it touches on criminology it touches on conscious parenting it touches on the compassion and empathy for people who are suffering and i just kind of that is all my that is a lot of my purpose and my um spiritual teaching is bringing a level of compassion and empathy and a deeper understanding to a people who have been suffering and when I say suffering and surviving and chaos I don't say it from a place of judgment guilt or shame where I feel I feel that energy from other people when they talk about uh, you know the african-american culture and uh, and us as a people the people who who are labeled as ghetto ratchet ignorant you know um you don't know what you may feel is ignorant to us may make practical sense. What you may feel is criminal may make practical sense. What you may feel is ratchet or ghetto may be just us being cultural and you being judgmental. And these are the things that I'm trying to make you understand and trying to make you break down your programming and your conditioning that has biases and prejudices that you may not even be aware of. And generally, my listeners are probably going to be black, so you probably understand. But if I have listeners that are not black or who may have that level of monster mentality, because sometimes we as black people, we judge, we have been conditioned to judge our own people from the mind of the colonizer. And that's what I talk about as the monster mentality. It is, in a sense, an aspect or construct in our minds that actually thinks the same way as probably a racist white person. And we look at our own people and judge them because, in some sense, we we feel like they make us look bad and we're just trying to join the white man's club. And this is why we, we are perceived as, as, as ignorant because of people like this or people like that. And when you do stuff like this, like there's not ignorance in all races. And so, yes, um, my focus is my people, but don't get it twisted. Whenever I'm bringing something that I feel like is maybe a bit dysfunctional or um, toxic or whatever it may be in our culture, don't think that I'm just highlighting it as the only people who have issues because all cultures, all races have issues. It's just that a lot of times we are the only ones that are being seen as the, the worst of the worst. But the only reason I'm highlighting it is not to make us look like the worst of the worst. It's because I'm actually trying to cultivate healing. I'm actually trying to cultivate some level of education and to get us out of the level of ignorance that we carry because we do have a level of ignorance in a lot of the gifts and, and, and blessings that could be out there in the spiritual community or just in spirituality in general. And I'm trying to wake us up to make us not change who we are as a people because I love us as a people, not change our culture, not cancel the whole culture, cancel the whole way of being because my 
divine message that I always receive is balance. It's not about eradicating all of the tradition that we do or all of the ancestral traits that we have adopted, but it's about balancing between the traditional ancestral traits and, and, and generational traits versus the new and what we decide to uh, adopt into our um, our way of being as a people. Because it's not about thinking everything about our culture is bad and changing it and, oh, now we have to be like them. That's more assimilation. That's more um, conditioning and programming once again. And this is why I say you have to know not to to let spirituality become counterproductive and like basically what you're trying to do to heal yourself. You're getting right back into this cycle of this pattern of trying to change yourself to fit in or trying to be something that you're not just to seem less this label, less that label. The people who are labeling you don't understand you. The people who don't understand you should not be prescribing you anything. This is why a lot of movements like the doula movement, the child work, birth worker movement, you know what I'm saying? Like um, all these movements are coming about because people are realizing that the people who are rooted within the systems that are supposed to help us are not always in integrity. And my balance is I don't just totally denounce traditional Western medicine, Western uh, birth working uh, hospitals. I don't I don't totally I'm not an extremist. I'm not a black and white thinker. I'm a, a spectrum thinker. Like there's gray in the middle. It doesn't mean totally avoid um, westernized things because I, if I have to take medicine, I will. If I have to go to the hospital, I will. If I have to go to OB, I will. You know what I'm saying? If I have to go to a psychologist or therapist, I will. But the balance comes when I know I have the power and the choice to choose who works for me and I make an empowered decision rather than a forced decision. I know how to make an informed decision rather than a forced or conditioned or programmed decision out of fear. Now I'm empowered and that is the balance. That is the difference in being um, in that conditioned unconscious state versus the empowered liberated state of the mind. And that's what I'm all about, uplifting the spirit, liberating the mind, cultivating emotional maturity and awareness and just basically the mastery of self. When you know thyself and when you know where you come from, you become way more than what people tell you you are. Man, that's deep. Gas yourself up, bro. Like motivate yourself because you know what? You're not going to get that external validation from nobody. And I'm going to get into all that later, but that's more into relationships, um, my relationships masterclass. I'm going to start doing IG lives, um, not IG lives, but like Zoom, because you can you can say a little bit more on Zoom. But um, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm going to go. I'm going to do a video on basically what my masterclass is going to entail. That's going to be a separate episode or video probably on my ig follow me on my ig if you're not already the dot spiritual dot activist you can find all my information on this uh anchor platform as well like i have a link to my website which kind of is a um a space where all of my platforms are in one felt swoop so it's the best way to kind of just see everything but uh yeah follow me there because that's why i do probably more face-to-face if you like to watch me you know and face sometimes i do videos and, and ig reels and, and ig tvs or lives or whatever like that but yeah so i'm gonna wrap this up before i get too long and start rambling but i just had that you know 
inkling to record that as soon as I woke up this morning. When I remember stuff, I've stopped writing stuff down in my notepads and stuff. I'm just like, just write it. Just you feel that vibe, speak on it. And that's what I've been doing. So peace, love, and light, guys. I wish you the best. You know what drives me? What drives me to continue pushing despite all of the energetic resistance I feel, despite all of the mental resistance I feel, those mental roadblocks, the self-doubt, the, all these things that kind of hold me down, the paranoia that when things go wrong, is this a sign for this? Is this a sign for that? But what keeps p- pushing me is being pissed off. The more pissed off I feel, the more I'm pushed to go harder to defeat and conquer whatever I feel like is trying to hold me back. Whether that's the purpose or whether that is intentional by these energies, whether good or bad, whether teachers or evil spirits or just my mind, it's still pushing me. So I don't dwell on racking my brain on what is it. I just know whatever it is, is keeping me moving. And that is something to let you guys know that no matter what is getting you going, whether it's a bad force, a good force, whatever, neutral force, if you are still moving within your system, within your body, within your spirit, it don't matter what's got you motivated, what's got you empowered, as long as it's got you empowered and moving in a positive, progressive way. And don't let anything or anyone stop you from following your dreams and chasing your dreams and getting the life that you know you desire, that you know you are worthy of having and attaining. But also what motivates me more specifically in my mission to uplift, motivate, and empower the, you know, African-American or BIPOC, you know, B-I-P-O-C um, community is, that's Black, Indigenous, people of color, um, community with the emphasis on African-American is that when I went through my spiritual awakening, I, I dove deep into the spiritual community and dove deep into the um self-improvement self-empowering new age spiritual movement you know uh, with the with the whole new like psychology aspect that's incorporated into spirituality and like all this stuff and I just realized because I was in a deep I was engulfed in that in all of that and so being so spiritually in tune I was able to feel a lot of emotions and internalize a lot of emotions that I feel like a lot of people who are who have the same mindset as me may be feeling. Like I felt like whatever I felt was the energies and the emotions that other people who are going through the same thing, who may look like me, who may feel like me, who may think like me, who carry the same kind of ancestral wounds as me may have be uh, feeling or maybe internalizing. And I'm like, dang, if other people are feeling like this, there has to be something better. There has to be another way because I was feeling so much guilt, shame. I was um, watching videos and seeing people putting these subtle, um, what do I call them, subliminal messages that were making me internalize that this is a thing that's my people type of thing. This is a black person thing problem. This is this is why we're such bad people. This is why we're such um, dysfunctional people, such... Um, unevolved people um, um I feel so much shame I feel so much guilt I feel so much self-judgment I feel so much self-hate I'm like wait a minute the whole reason I started my spiritual journey was to uh, heal these feelings 
But I feel like the deeper I get into the spiritual com- community in this new age spiritual trend, the more I feel like <sighs> I'm feeling these things. Like I said, it's counterproductive. Like the thing I'm trying to fix is creating the problem. Well, the thing I'm using to fix my problem is actually creating the problem. So it's creating this vicious cycle. I'm like, I'm not, I'm trying to break cycles, not create more <laughs> vicious cycles. And this is why I say it's because it's a systemic, it's a systemic issue. It's rooted in white supremacy. It's rooted in conditioning and programming that is designed to make you internalize, um, low dense energies and this is why i say the biggest oppression is not necessarily racial it is because a lot of times it starts with how you look in your skin color but the biggest oppression that's the the most powerful because it's not seen is the spiritual oppression the emotional oppression the way that things around our external environment fuel us with emotions that keep our spirit down thus keeping us from progressively moving, keeping our spirit from moving, keeping us from moving. We're debilitated. We are stuck in this place of depression, anxiety, self-doubt, um, uh, vacant esteem, as Dr. Judy, Joy DeGruy talks about in post-traumatic slave syndrome, all of these feelings, and they're continuously perpetuated because we live in a society that has not acknowledged this. It truly evades and deflects all the time and points fingers that is creating this cycle once again instead of saying oh yes i understand it's because of our history of oppression and um white supremacy and and all of these things instead of acknowledging that they just continuously make it seem like oh it's because you're a narcissist oh it's because you're a codependent oh it's because you have these trauma bonds oh it's because you you're this and you're that pointing the finger I always say when you before you point all them fingers at somebody else, make sure one of them is pointing at you. Make sure you can look in the mirror. You know what I'm saying? It's like all these people who are sitting here labeling and diagnosing people who carry personality, characteristic or behavioral traits that most likely stem from rooted um, history of oppression or white supremacy or, or slavery. How can you sit here and judge us and, and, and make us label ourselves as something less than? When you're not even helping us see who we truly are, you're not helping me. You're not helping me feel understood and, and having some level of compassion or empathy or understanding for um, who I am as a person and why I've become and why I made the decisions that I made and maybe help me make better decisions. Because I do believe ultimately deep down there are not good or bad people per se. Now, I do believe that there are spirits and entities maybe within the energy, you know, the world that may in some sense possess people because we are one mind and we do have these energies amongst us. But ultimately, the lower you are in in essence of who you are, the more susceptible or vulnerable you are to these energies. And what makes us low and vulnerable and susceptible to these energies is the way that our society has created this level of judgment so heavily influential that it makes us bring our own people down bring each other down and not have this level of unity consciousness so that's what drives me the fact that I want people to know that 
you're not this don't see yourself in this dehumanized way that you know uh white supremacist rooted psychology just look at the history why do you think there's black psychology because people realize that the people who are sitting here trying to tell us about ourselves are the people who most likely impacted well not necessarily them but their ancestors are the ones who impacted the environment that we are in that created this personality trait characteristic trait you know what i'm saying like so it's like you're part of the problem and until you have addressed your unconscious biases until you have acknowledged that the system is broken and not me i'm not insane i live in an asylum and I'm trying to make sense of something that don't make sense. I have PTSD. I have post-traumatic slave syndrome because I have had to normalize an environment, a lifestyle, a childhood, a life that should not have been the way it is without the impact of the way society is. Do you see where I'm going with this? So what drives me is helping people know that they are not the problem. They're not the issue. And, the, and when people start to have compassion for themselves, self-compassion, self-love, self-empathy, all these things, when you start to give yourself more love, self-love is more than self-care, even though it is an actionable physical thing, but it's also an emotional thing. You need to give yourself compassion. You need to give yourself grace. You need to give yourself love because no one out here is going to willingly give you that and don't wait around expecting this level of external validation self-love is the best love because it's the foundation of you need to have that rooted within you you need to heal the ancestral wounds that are within you that make you feel less than you need to let go of the conditioning and the programming that has made you hate in essence every single thing about you from the strand of the hair on the top of your head to the toe From flesh to spirit, you have to shift your whole mindset and detach from the massa mentality, the post-traumatic slave syndrome that is the hugest roadblocks in your life. For black people, spiritual, a spiritual journey does start off political because we cannot put on a mask of privilege. Yes, everyone has privileges, but the, the color of my skin is always going to be my initial roadblock. I was black before I was anything else. So, despite all of the other prejudices and conditioning in our society, you know, being a black man, being a black woman, being a, uh, a homosexual uh, black person, whatever extra intersection that's added onto um my level of identity black is the first aspect that people see that has a level of inferiority in this society in this world you know so these are the things that people have to understand when trying to tell a person stop playing the race card i will stop playing the race card whatever you think i what that is when that stops being my reality it's not a victim mentality it's a victim reality and until you're walking in my shoes, you need to have some level of compassion and empathy and some need to understand my point of view. When you master perspective, when you master point of view, 
That is a mastery of understanding people that you cannot explain. When you can sit up there and have enough empathy and compassion for a person that you truly understand their perspective in life, then you gain a level of love for that person. And that is how you gain that unity conscious. And that is how you know we are one. And until we start treating those um, based on worldly differences equally as human beings, I feel like we're losing it. We're we're losing the basic necessity to treat people like human beings, treat people like people and not as labels and not as stereotypes and not as prejudices, not as these conditions that are unconsciously within us. Recognize your unconscious biases, recognize your prejudice, recognize the conditioning and programming that makes you act, think and behave the way you do and feel the way you do. You know what I'm saying? Understand these things. These are the roadblocks within our world. These are the roadblocks within our society that we have to heal. And I'm like, I'm sitting over here, I'm like, why are black people doing all this shadow work, all this healing, getting stuck in the shadows, getting stuck in depression because they don't know and have no one to lead them out other than these spiritual teachers who are making them spiritually dependent on them and not really giving them solutions, like wanting them to stay stuck in this instead of giving them the, the, the self-confidence and encouragement to pull them out of these dark spaces to let them know that they are not broken they are already whole the healing is about in recognizing that that you are not broken that you do not necessarily need healing what needs healing is the system and your healing journey is a huge distraction and deflection from the roots of the problem i always say my motto in my whole empire is when you get to the roots you find the solution. Everything I say has a deeper meaning. The more your inner wisdom awakens, the more you will truly understand that. But yeah, so that's that, that's what drives me. That's what gets me up every morning. That's to, to do work and to do little things and to post here and there, even though I may get only five likes or I have to know that I have to step outside of the um, uh, the matrix of social media of marketing, because I don't have to see my audience to know that I am spiritually working still. I am spiritually uplifting the minds of a lot of people. The more, if I plant one seed in one person, they can change a whole legacy. They can change a whole family's dynamic. So the impact will ripple on forever. If I die today, I have made an impact that will ripple on forever in somebody, in some legacy somewhere and I know that deep down no matter if I get one like no matter if I'm shadow banned from every platform that I that I speak on if I go around and just speaking word to word in person man to man on the street woman to woman on the street I'm making an impact before there was a social media there was face-to-face interaction you go to the park and you talk to a table full of moms while your kids playing I've impacted 10 people right there and based on those 10 people, those 10 seeds that are planted, they go back and plant it in their field. That field, that seed is harvested and has a whole plethora of crops that carry their, that, that word. And when the people eat that food, the millions of people that will eat that food, that seed is planted within them. That is how you reprogram and, re- and rewire. It's through word, through voice. That is how I heal. That is how I have been called as a messenger. Plant the seeds. Like hit Haru and 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 uh, Thoth, 
or dehuti, knowing of all. You don't have to believe in them literally to understand the philosophy of who they are. The, the knower of all, the, like the education, um, hit Haru, you know, people, uh, the house of heroes. So basically the place where light workers, heroes, people who want to make an impact come to for healing. They heal through the, they feed. This is the place where they recruit, regroup, and they get the word. And they take the word and they go and they feed it to the people. My voice is food for their soul. And I do have to thank um, Grand Voice of Raw because I, um, she's a person who, you know, kind of helped me um, hone in. Like I was already doing, you know, my podcast and, and doing these things. And she kind of just affirmed it for me, you know. And I do have to thank her for that because she gave me that that push that I needed. or Not necessarily a well, yeah, push and like the validation to keep going. And so this is why I can't stop because their drive, there are still people out there who really think they're the problem, who really feel they are the broken ones and not the system, who are still in this total mind, F-U-C-K, of deflection, of the accuser accusing, of the oppressor oppressing, of the person um victimizing themselves instead of taking accountability accountability is the word of the century <laughs> because that is something that people have a hard time doing we have so much pride which pride and i, I don't mean a good pride i mean but we ha- we have so much pride as a survival tactic of a broken ego or a wounded ego that it is a huge roadblock for healing it is a huge roadblock for healing. You have to know how to conquer your pride. And not that doesn't mean not be proud of who you are, because that's what I'm saying. There's a difference. You can be proud of who you are. And I do feel like the ego is not a bad thing. It's all about what is your ego defined as? Like, what is your sense of self? That's what makes the ego bad or good, bad versus good, whatever. Or uh, oppressing versus empowering. You know what I'm saying? But I'm I'm, I'm rambling now. I'm, I'm doing too much. <laughs> so I'm going to just end it right here. Hopefully there's enough gems in this episode that you kind of have an understanding of what drives me. And I hopefully it drives you too.